Welcome to the Grow People Podcast with Pastor Jason, lead pastor of Revolution Church. He's sitting right there. That's me. My name is David Stein. I'm the campus pastor at our Canton location, and the purpose of the Grow People Podcast is to help. Uh, do you want to say it this time since you were yelling it last time? I was yelling oh, yeah. it. <laughs> but you were... Grow people. Uh, the purpose is to help grow people. Yes. That's that's our... But that's... you were you were saying it different. Grow people. No? Well, how was I saying it? I don't remember. That was two weeks ago. I haven't I haven't eaten this week. I just love that that's what you went to. Grow people. No, you would lean back and you were like, we're here to help you grow. Oh, here to help you grow. Yeah, that would. Yeah. Grow some people. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, thanks for the reminder. Uh, that was funny. Um, I wonder if people uh, ever listen and go, move it along yeah they probably do <laughs> yeah. but but we have fun with it we do so. we do i know uh, i know when i listen back to us mm -hmm. i enjoy listening to us having fun so <laughs> that that is that is the fun part yeah that's why it's called fun um i am going to pull up uh from my electronic mail uh not from my social media mm. and we'll get to that but from my electronic mail a a email that i got uh last night uh, from one of our brand new group leaders right. that came out of the group leader vision night nice. uh, a few months ago, they had their first group gathering. So the first picture I'm going to show you is look at all those people. I mean, the group is full. Oh yeah. That, I've seen this picture. Okay. You've seen this picture. Yeah. Holding, okay. holding up the tub, holding up the tub. Okay. Yeah. Well then never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was going to be a surprise, but this group, uh, specifically based upon your, um, uh, your message yeah. uh, on Sunday, Went out and got a gallon. Is it a gallon or a half gallon? It's a half gallon. Half gallon of Bluebell ice cream, Rocky, Rocky Road. Road. Yeah. And then took a picture of it yeah. and <laughs> sent it to me. I guess I guess you got it too. Well, I don't know how Lindsay got it. Did you send it to Lindsay? No, or I did not. Somehow she saw it. I don't, I don't know how she saw it, okay. but she showed it to me on Sunday. And I was like, oh, that's the greatest thing ever. Like, <laughs> that was super cool that they had just started a group and then- I, I got more enjoyment that they were enjoying my favorite ice cream. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Uh, we're really excited about the number of groups that have started um, since that group leader vision dinner. Yeah. And with all of the new people coming to church, uh, coming back to church, uh, it is uh, really exciting to get these groups started. Uh, but you may be listening right now to the Grow People podcast and say, hey, you know, I would love to start a group. Well, just contact me. It's it's super easy. We put you through a rigorous process. Yeah. Oh, they just need to go buy a blue belt, and there's an application right behind <laughs> it. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. One, one of those <laughs> one of those tear off. Yeah, things, just like one a of those tear off things at your Ingalls or Publix or <laughs> David <laughs> David at Revolution Church. Yeah. So there you go, David at Revolution Church. And or my email is Rocky Road at Revolution Church. And there's an application on the website yeah. for group leader. Any hoodles. Uh, so we started the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yeah, we should probably stop talking about Rocky Road ice cream. Yeah. Thanks, David. Okay. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> causing her brother to stumble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we started the fast. Poke your own eye out, David. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's hard. It's hard. The fast is hard. And so we're, we're right there with you. Yep. Um, but you don't get the peaceful fruit without the painful, painful process. process. That's right. So these 21 days are a primer to ordering our loves. We mm -hmm. spoke about that on the last podcast. Um, let's, let's briefly talk about what that means in case you're just tuning in for the first time or you're really struggling 
what does ordering our loves mean? Yeah, it comes out of, uh, and I referenced this, I think, in the sermon two weeks ago. Um, Augustine, who was a theologian, uh, early church father, wrote a book called Confessions. And in that, he is really kind of working through how uh, anything that he sins or struggles with sin is a result of loving the wrong things too much. Mm-hmm. And so he really was one of the, and it's what's amazing about, which is really true of a lot of Christian uh, history, is a lot of the theologians were just some of the most influential people in all of history. So Augustine's work, Confessions, to this day is still one of the best written things. And and I think one of the things, really, obviously God inspired him to write it, and I think the reason why is because it really gets at the heart of who we are as humans mm-hmm. and how fundamentally we aren't thinking creatures as much as we are feeling creatures, um, which I've talked about in messages a lot. Not that we shouldn't think well or renew our mind like Romans says, which I think was actually the verse for today, right? Funny you should bring that up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Today is the verse uh, from Romans chapter 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. I mean, when you look at every single word in here, It's almost like it's God-breathed. Yeah. Uh, To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Yep. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Yeah. And I've mentioned this again, but transformation doesn't, even though that verse speaks to don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But transformation isn't, it first starts with our loves. And mm-hmm. obviously our, our brains have to be involved. You know what I mean? And, and we can renew our minds by focusing on the right things. But before that, so again, it's not that the mind's not involved or not important, but before that it's about our loves mm-hmm. or our desires. And which is why the Bible speaks, you know, the greatest, or the great commandment, love the Lord your mm-hmm. God with all your heart. And because love is about what I want. And so disordered loves means at the end of the day, I want the wrong things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why my mind is fatuated with them. And so I can't just redirect my wants by trying to force my mind to think differently. I have to really get at why do I want that? And what is something I can want more? An, an affection, you know? So the whole concept of, of disordered loves is they're, they're disordered. They're out of order, you know? And so, because we were built to love God. And so if we don't love God first, mm-hmm. that's not what we want most, then we'll never be satisfied. So I think a lot of times people think about like, oh yeah, I should love God. Like I should, I'm supposed to, I'm commanded to. That's how we, which is how we think about it from a mind Mm -hmm. standpoint. I should, but it's different when you think about, but if I do love God first, I'll actually be more satisfied. Mm. So if you think about it from an enjoyment standpoint, from a satisfaction standpoint, that's actually how you can reorder your loves. Like, oh, you mean I can love this and be kind of satisfied or I can love this and be fully satisfied. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's how your heart's going to gravitate to that. And then you set your mind on that. You fix your eyes on that. You renew, you're transformed by renewing of your mind as it goes towards those affections. Yeah. If you were getting married and you know, your premarital counseling pastor said, do you love her? And you said, well, I should. Yeah. <laughs> it says I should. Yes. Yeah. You, you might not want to get married. No, no. And again, love, the part of it is love is a feeling, you know, and you know, we were made in the image of God. And if we have emotions, that means God has emotions. And so God has emotions. Um, he feels. And, and even though I have said so often, we don't need to be uh, a slave to our feelings. Like they're real. They're not mm-hmm. always right. Um, which is true. Um, but I think it's deeper. Like I, even as I'm growing, I think it's deeper than, um, like it's okay to feel as long as it's directed towards what you want most mm-hmm. or what you, what we are made to want, which is God. Um, because what we want directs what we do. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, that's, that's, uh, so good and perfect time to, to bring this up because, you know, you may be three days into this fast. Yeah. And if you're fasting, you're three days, you are three days into yeah. this fast. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're all fasting on the staff. And we're all doing different kinds of fast. I'm doing a, I'm doing a modified Daniel, mm-hmm. which is just brisket. Um, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great fast. So there was somebody I just read in the news is literally doing like meat only for like 30 days or something. That's got to be healthy. Yeah. It supposedly really <laughs> is. So. I don't know. So, you know, the, I have found myself, you know, reaching for my phone. Um, you know, I, I want to find out what's going on. I immediately go to social. So I find myself with my affections disordered. Yeah. Uh, certainly when it comes to food. But, and then I've talked about this book before, Habits of Grace by David Mathis. Um, I happen to have a copy. Yeah, so, in your hands. Yeah, it's like a real book. Does anybody buy <laughs> books anymore and read? You read a lot of books. Yeah, and I was so uh, I was a physical book guy, but now I have to read so many for class. I'm a Kindle guy, mm-hmm. uh, so I have learned to enjoy the the electronic mm-hmm. books. Yeah, I, I like the physical book. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know it. I probably shouldn't say this. I was given two books by family members over the past couple of weeks. Mm. Um, one I have tried to read. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have tried to read this book. It is so boring. <laughs> so in, in, instead of um you know whatever you would normally do to go to sleep yeah yeah i'm just reading just reading book. i'm just reading yeah. this book yeah and the other book is is so heart-wrenching it's about the holocaust oh wow so it's not a book i want to read before I before go to you sleep. go to bed yeah so i'm trying to i'm trying to pick the right times but I, I do love a physical book um but in the chapter on fasting and i want to we came here today to encourage you Yes. If you yeah. are fasting and you're struggling, we're struggling. Uh, I'm struggling. Day three typically is like the hardest day. Yeah. Fasting has fallen on hard times, right? To David Mathis. At least it seems among our overstuffed bellies in the American church. Yeah. yeah. And then he says, I speak as one of the well-fed. Yeah. Our problem might be how we think of fasting. If the accent is on abstinence and fasting is some mere duty to perform, then only the most iron-willed among us will actually put this discipline into practice. But if we are awakened to see fasting for the joy it can bring, 
as a means of God's grace to strengthen and sharpen. And I love this Godward attentions. Mm. Like you're looking Godward, um, up toward God. Uh, then we find ourselves holding a powerful new tool for enriching our enjoyment of Jesus. So what's what sounds better? Getting through it? Yeah. <laughs> or enjoying Jesus. Yeah. And and I loved how he he phrased that. And I have a couple of other things that, that I can share. Uh, but really, you know, what John Piper said, this is how much I want you, God. Yeah. Versus the other things. So we want to be encouraging. We also want to be really practical today. Yeah. Of how to how to get through this because you know it's easy to say, well, I'm going to give this up, but pick something up over here. Yeah, we'll give up certain things, but we won't give up the thing. Yeah, that we need to. So the church has called for a churchwide social media fast. We'd start there. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's and I I said this in the message I believe this last weekend. How when people think about going 21 days without food, or they think about going 21 days without social media, you know, depending upon what app that is for the age group you're in, you know, it might <laughs> be it might be uh, MySpace, MySpace, yep, yeah, for you, mm-hmm. David, um, or you know, TikTok or Snapchat, whatever for for younger people. But the idea is when you think about man, that would be tough going without that for 21 days. That would be really hard. Like you mentioned brisket, you know, <laughs> like, uh, that's hard. You know, we had a mm-hmm. meeting, like, uh, cause I actually started my fast early. Um, we had a meeting at our, one of our favorite barbecue places, 441 and y'all were eating and it all looked amazing. And I wasn't, uh, and y'all all felt bad. You know, I was like, no, don't feel bad. I'm, yeah. this is my, yeah, not bad enough to stop eating. No, no. But giving giving something up for 21 days that you really enjoy is hard. But how easy it is, and this is the point that I made at church, and I'm not trying to shame anybody, but how easy it is to go without reading our Bible for 21 days. Mm-hmm. How easy it is to go without gathering with the church for 21 days. Mm. You know, missing a gathering, missing a group, um, whatever, whatever it is. And that's a part of that whole disordered loves thing. And so, but what I love what you're talking about and what the other David talked about is it's because we don't understand, again, there's more enjoyment to be had. And I think that's the part of spiritual disciplines that I know I was not taught Mm -hmm. early in my life. And I learned later, which really helped me. The only way we're going to give up something we want is if we want something else more. And if I want to see God, if that's what I really want, then I will do what I need to do to get what I want, as we say all the time. And so by, but I'll never do what I need to do mm-hmm. by willpower. Right. That's the point. It's only if I want something. And I think the best way to help us practically over these, and we're three days in, but over these 21 days is when we want that thing that we gave up, whether it was Snapchat or TikTok or whatever social media app or food say, man, I really want this, but God, I want you more. Mm. Um, and then framing it that way, we are now having the opportunity to enjoy God more because we are, we are doing what we need to do, giving something up. Now we're creating more. I mean, just think about it from a food perspective. If I'm not eating, 
then my stomach's more empty. And then it's more available now to be filled. Mm. So by emptying myself of whatever it is over these 21 days, I am now allowing my body physically and emotionally and spiritually to be filled with God and his spirit, which will actually bring me more satisfaction than a great meal could. So yeah, that it's important to frame it that way from an enjoyment standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I, I've realized how much my affections are skewed yeah, and, and how, how much of an idol food is even the ones that I thought I took out of my life. Yeah. And you don't realize until you don't have it. You don't realize until it's eight o'clock at night. You're not on social media. Yeah. And you're looking around and it's really quiet. Yeah. And you go, I have two more hours before I go to yeah, bed. Yeah. What am I going to do? What, what am I going to do at nine o'clock when I normally have a bowl of cereal? Yes. <laughs> what, what is, and, and so I think these have been very eye opening. Uh, this particular fast last year was great. Um, but this particular fast has been a little more eye opening to mm. some of the hidden idols in yeah. my life. Yeah. The hidden desires, the, the hidden reflex actions. Mm. And, um, I, I, I think one of the things that David Mathis said was when you have that hunger pain yeah, and you dwell on the fact that you're hungry or you want that bowl of cereal, yeah, then your affections cannot turn to God. And he calls them white elephants. I don't know why he calls them mm. white elephants. Like a white elephant gift. I, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he said, if you make it through with iron will that says no to your stomach, but doesn't turn your mind's eye elsewhere, it's not true fasting. But true fasting is a longing for the greater taste of Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's, that's been very helpful mm-hmm. just to remind me in those moments to even ask the question, do I have a longing for Jesus more than this bowl of cereal? Yeah. Well, and I think the reason, one of the reasons, and I thought of this while you were talking, when we're in our normal routines, you know, whether that's eating three meals a day or six meals a day, or if you do intermittent fasting on a regular basis, you're hungry, you eat, you're hungry, you eat, you know, uh, and that's how we're built and mm-hmm. that's okay. But when you break that hunger, when you break that, sorry, when you break that rhythm and you say, I'm hungry, oh, but I can't eat, uh, or I can't eat what I want. It, it forces you to say, oh gosh, I wish I hungered for you, God, like this. I, I, I mean, just think about it. If there was, the reason why we get so hungry is because our stomachs are spoiled. You know, yep. our stomachs are spoiled. That's the job of our stomach to break down food. And so after it's breaking down, broken down all the food, you know, and then it's distributed, you know, nutrition to your body. Later on, a couple hours later, your, your hungry's like, your body, your stomach's like, Hey, where's the rest? Where's I'm trained that there's Mm -hmm. more coming and I'm ready for it. But what if that was true of our spirit? Like what if our spirit was as spoiled as our stomachs? Mm. Like if our spirit was like, we were in such a rhythm to where we were spending time with God. We kind of digested that. It gave us nourishment throughout our body. And then a few years later, a few years, not a few years, a few hours later, your spirit was like, all right, I'm hungry for more now. I'm hungry for more now. Where where's my next meal coming from? Wow. You know, that's what we're talking about is by by taking away food, it 
makes us more mindful of our hunger mm-hmm. um, and to hunger that way for the spirit, to hunger that way for the things of God. Um, and that's why fasting is so powerful. Nothing, I shouldn't say nothing, but there's almost no other discipline that has such a visceral effect on us um, because it is dealing with something that we all understand and is so um, rhythmic in our life. Like it's, again, I joked about it before we started the fast. If I miss a meal, you know, I'm cutting off relationships with people. If I miss two, I'm burning everything down. Who are, um, the, who are those people? Yeah. You know, I forgot to eat. Yeah. That was my former, you know, uncle, but, uh, <laughs> he made me go without a meal. So I would cut him off, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, your stomach is so spoiled in that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, saying even spoiled is a bad, it's just, it's used to that. Um, and it's designed that way, but our spirits are designed that way too. But yet we just ignore that hunger pain or we don't even really have a hunger pain for the things of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by fasting, we're reorienting, reordering our loves and saying, man, I really want my spirit to hunger for the things of God, the way my stomach does. For mm-hmm. food. In, the, in the last podcast and, and certainly in the messages, we talked about making sure that you're uh, praying about what to fast from yeah, and then what to fast for. yeah, And your questions to God, your requests to God, what you're fasting for may change throughout the fast mm-hmm. because he may be speaking to you specifically about that yeah. or answering a prayer yeah. and giving you something else to uh, pray about. Uh, so we do want to encourage you uh, here on day three. Number one, uh, your type of fast does not make you more holy than somebody else's type of fast. No. And so Whatever you are fasting from, and, and we did ask for a social media fast mm-hmm. and then some type of food, mm-hmm. that you are fasting, that you are seeking help from the Lord to fast yeah. by the power of the Holy Spirit, because I can't do it on my own, you can't do it on your own, and you're, you're seeking God in those moments where you want to look at Facebook. Mm-hmm. You're, you're seeking God in those moments where you uh, want to grab a bag of chips. You know, that's that's going to move the ball down the field as you're pursuing holiness. Yeah, because it's, again, and you said this in the book, it's not just about going without food. It is about replacing that. You know, it's about feasting on the Word of God. So fasting is about feasting. It's about enjoyment. Um, But I would encourage people, even three days in, maybe you started fasting, but you realize, yeah, I can do this pretty easily. Like, let me just say it. Like, if you say you're fasting, but you're still eating Doritos and, you know, you're mm-hmm. still eating a bunch of processed food, I would say you're not fasting enough because there's no, no doctor on the planet would say Doritos are necessary for a well-balanced diet, you know? <laughs> Chandler, uh, can you make a, a note for me to change my fast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or right. Cocoa Puffs, you know, <laughs> Cocoa Puffs. which again, I love those things. And Lindsay bought those. Again, we started fasting early, and so Lindsay bought those for Natalie before the fast started, mm-hmm. and those suckers came into the house, and I, and I mean, I really had a moment of like, oh, gosh, just one more bowl of, of Cocoa Puffs. Do you uh, drink the milk after the Cocoa Puffs? Oh, heck yeah. Okay. Well, it's the Reese's Puffs. Let me, let me 
Let me oh. clarify the Reese's oh. Puffs. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, those are those are the best. Um. So yeah, I totally drink the milk. In fact, I I have a a, a way I eat the cereal so that there's not too much milk, but not too much cereal. Oh, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, gradually mm-hmm. going down. Do you yeah. like your cereal soggy or or crunchy? Um, I like to um. I like to start eating it while it's crunchy. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like to wait until it's soggy. Okay. No, like okay. Captain Crunch is also one of my favorites, mm-hmm. but I enjoy as it gets, we need to quit talking about I, this. Crap. I don't have the kind of uh, health insurance to eat Captain yeah, Crunch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I enjoy it as it gets soggier. Um, but my point is, and again, I said this at church, I want to really challenge people because it, like I was saying, if I just give up something that I kind of like, then your hunger pain isn't going to be as strong. Like we need to give up things that are going to induce hunger pains or, or cravings is mm-hmm. a better way to yes. say it. Like, so really it's like, what are you craving? Mm-hmm. Like if you, like you said, if you're craving a bowl of cereal at eight o'clock at night, mm. then that's a good sign you need to give that up mm-hmm. because when that craving hits you, now you're going to think, Oh, let me go to God instead of mm-hmm. the cereal. I was trying to think of another G. I bet I bet folks are getting a lot more sleep during this fast because it's eight o'clock at night. You're like, well, there's nothing else to exactly. do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Probably Miles, sleeping better. Yeah. Well, again, I was just telling one of our guys from church today, he was asking me, you know, I gave up coffee and I love coffee. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the it's not just about the caffeine. I love the taste of it. It's an event for you. Yes, it is, because how you know brew it and guys that were on our staff taught me how to do that so i enjoy it but for the first six i probably had a headache for the first six days Mm -hmm. but i'm at a point now where my body has learned right oh we're not getting that anymore so i actually have more energy now than Mm -hmm. i had that's right which pains me to say because i want to have coffee again Mm -hmm. but again that's what i mean like it's the first mistake i made is i started fasting two Thursdays ago. Mm-hmm. And I started on that Thursday. Well, every Thursday I am studying. And so typically I will eat lunch and then later that afternoon, two or three, I will make a cup of coffee, go back to my office and, and finish studying my sermon, getting it you know finalized for that night. And so I started fasting on that. My first day was on a Thursday and a three o'clock ring, Roll around, r- rolled around, and it wasn't just the energy; it was the mental focus because caffeine does sure. help you mm-hmm. your mind focus. And I thought, "Oh my gosh, this was a bad decision. I have to study right now." But it forced me in that moment. I said, "All right, Lord, I need you." So I went in mm-hmm. my office and prayed. And I said, "Holy Spirit, normally I rely on caffeine to help me focus, but I'm going to need you to help me focus." Wow. I need you right now to help me study this. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. It, like it forced me to pray right. at a time where I wouldn't have prayed before. I mean, mm-hmm. I pray before I study, but you know what right. I'm saying? Like it created a dependency. It humbled me mm-hmm. to a place that I wouldn't have gotten to mm-hmm. had I not cut coffee. Oh, a dependency on him versus a dependency on caffeine. Exactly. And that brings up what you're point was in the message this past weekend, habits of holiness. Yeah. So let's talk about habits of holiness empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Habits of holiness. And again, we're, like you said, we're trying to be really practical here. Fasting is one habit that we can develop. If we want holy, we want to see God. That's, that's the want. 
then what do we need to do to get what we want, which we need to develop habits because habits are learned mm-hmm. um, or sorry, your wants can be directed over time. And so habits actually help force us to want something more. You know, they, they help us in that way. So developing habits like fasting, I would also encourage people to journal. Mm. Um, this is something that I added in this year, which as I'm saying, it kind of sounds like uh, not funny, but it, it's a confession of like, yeah, I didn't really journal before. I'm not a journaler. I'm a talker, but I'm really trying to be intentional. And so I took the abide guide in my journal. I have a yearly journal that I buy every year that normally I just use for work, you mm-hmm. know, or like a to-do list kind of thing. But I, I took it last week and I wrote in day one, here's the scriptures, day two, the scriptures, day three, I did it for all 21 days. So I wouldn't be looking for the abide guide every mm-hmm. time. And the last two days, um, I have gotten that out, got my Bible out, read it, and then wrote just three or four lines in my journal mm. about what I read or a prayer. And that is a great habit as mm-hmm. well to start. Yeah. Because again, it helps a it helps you remember, but then helps you focus. Um, because when you're having to write, you have to think about it more. Um, and then my prayer, you know, the reap, when you get to the, to the P to the pray part, actually like the Romans 12, I actually prayed through that, you know, God, um, you've been so merciful for, to me. Thank you. Thank you so much that you've been so merciful to me. Um, then God help me to offer myself as a living sacrifice. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want that, you know, I prayed through that and then I journaled it. Mm-hmm. Well, by developing those habits, if we can develop those, like you said earlier, it's a primer, then those habits will develop us. We will be holier people because we developed habits that developed us. And that's what we're talking about. That's why we have to add mm-hmm. habits to our hunger. That's good. It's good. The spiritual discipline of journaling, uh, as Pastor Jason said, was you know, something that he had not done, but now that you're doing it, do you see a, where do you see a difference in how you're even listening to God? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I don't want to just write something down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so I'm learning how to write how I'm feeling, you know, about something mm-hmm. uh, or my, again, my desire for something. Um, and I don't, it's just a, and I'm sure there's all kinds of psychological or scientific reasons for this. I don't know. There's just a new dimension to me. It, it makes me really think about like, if I'm writing it down, I'm seeing it. I'm mm-hmm. pro it's making me process it more. It makes me slow down yes. more. Um, and then I'm writing out something that I'm praying about, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're, if it's a, if it's a habit of grace, as David Mathis titled his book, yeah. if, 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 journaling is one of the spiritual disciplines. It's a habit of grace. It's a habit of holiness. Writing things down is evidence of God's grace, evidence of him working in your life. So that'd be another thing that you can write down. Oh, this is where I saw God working today. Yeah. Well, and I love how he calls it habits, but you also mentioned means of grace. So mm -hmm. means is a way like a mean is how something's done, Mm -hmm. you know? And so in church, you know, that is a phrase 
that's very orthodox means of grace. Mm -hmm. And the point is, if we want grace, and I don't think anybody would say, I don't want grace. If we want it, then we have to engage the means by which it comes to us. So if there's grace over there and I need to build a bridge to get that grace to me, well, the habit is the me building the bridge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that could be journaling, reading my Bible, praying. Those are, that's what, like the Dallas Willard quote, that's what I'm doing, What that's what I can do to enable to come to me what I can't do, which is grace and mercy. And, and another, um, another way to encourage you and pro tip, uh, go back, go back at some point this year and read what you've journaled during Abide. Yeah. I have all of my journals from the time I was saved in 2006. Hmm. And many of them are redacted. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's yeah. like it came out of a congressional subcommittee. Yeah. Uh, because those were really raw emotions, yeah. raw thoughts. I yeah. mean, I was just writing everything down like, yeah. this is crazy. I'm not doing this. Yeah. Um, this is how I feel. This is what I want. And I go back and it's scary to go back. Yeah. Um, but I go back and I go, okay, God has moved. Yeah. E- even when I don't think he has, I go, oh, okay, he has. Yeah. So that would be some encouragement too if you're practicing that spiritual discipline. Yeah, and, and to that, I just and I'll, I want to say this to encourage people because I, I, think, I think a lot of times people think that we as pastors, we don't struggle, you know? But I can't tell you how many times I have sat down to read my Bible and I feel like such a loser, mm. you know, because I just did something that I knew was against God's will mm-hmm. or I didn't do something that I knew he wanted me to do. And I just feel like, I'm the worst believer ever, you know, like Mm. God is so frustrated with me. He doesn't want to talk to me. He doesn't. And then I open up my Bible and then I'll go to a scripture and then lo and behold, I had underlined it or highlighted it before and then written because I have a journaling Bible written out to the side, some notes about it. And then I read that and I think, oh, well, I'm not a complete loser. Like (laughs) there was a time when I read that and I highlighted that and I wrote that and it meant something to me and my own words encouraged me mm-hmm. because I realized even though in that moment I'm feeling really low about myself. Um, and again, it's always about my relationship with God. I'm feeling low because I just didn't, you know, I'm feeling like I just messed up and my own words that I've written in my Bible encourage me because it reminds me, Oh yeah, Jason, you're not as far off as you think you are. Mm-hmm. You're not as far off as you feel mm-hmm. you are right now. Yeah. You don't have to be in despair. So not only does the word comfort me, but my own words about the word comfort me because it reminds me, oh yeah, I've been in this text before. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. So that that's another good reason like to journal like you said because you can go back and read those. And yeah, sometimes it it'll show you how far you've come. But also the, on the flip side, it'll show you sometimes you're not as far off as you feel mm. right now. Yep. Because you, you've been at these places with God, you yep. know, and you may not feel like you're there now, but you, you were there and you can get back there. And as important as it is to have other people encourage you, sometimes you have to actually speak words of life over yourself. Absolutely. The Psalms talks about mm-hmm. that, you know, Psalm 42 and others where he asks, why are you so downcast, my soul? you know, and he speaks to himself, you Mm -hmm. know, 
So yeah, that's what I'm, that's one of the reasons why I'm journaling these 21 days is because a, it helps me now to focus my thoughts, slow down. And then in the future as well to look back on them. Um, so yeah, that's something else. And again, that's a means of grace or a habit of grace that if we do those through that discipline, the spirit will bring more grace to us. We've talked about the spiritual disciplines a lot on the podcast and you know, you don't have to practice them all at the same time because there's so many more than just prayer, fasting, oh, journaling. Course. Yeah. Uh, but as you develop these habits of holiness, yeah. uh, your, your text, uh, brought out another, uh, great slide, uh, a point in the message. We develop habits of holiness and then they develop us mm-hmm. to desire more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Habits are, or let me back up. Our feelings are shaped by what we do or what we imitate the most. Um, and I think I said this in all the gatherings, but if you look at the word emotion, you know, you take the E off, it's the word motion. And what's amazing is our attitudes follow our actions where we always try to do it opposite. Like, well, I don't want to do that if I don't feel this way, mm-hmm. like going to work out. Like I don't feel like going to work out. So I won't, but if we can tell ourselves, but I know if I do that, I will feel much better afterwards. I will feel great after doing this. Why? Cause when you do something, your feelings change. So the way they develop us habits are so our affections are learned mm-hmm. by what we imitate and see the most. And I think that's what the Romans is talking about, like what we're imitating. And so if our loves, um, if mo- if what's most important is our love and love is a habit, then it can be habituated. Mm. So my, my loves can actually be reordered by habits. That's the develop us part that I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Or in that point, they develop us because after I do something for a sustained period of time, I'm going to feel differently. Um, and again, I think so many of us, whatever it is, whether if it is just eating right and working out, we try to do it as willpower. It's like, well, I know I should. I need to be healthy as opposed to, feel, I know I will feel better if I do this. Um, like when I year about a decade ago, Lindsay and I went through a, a pretty rigorous training program health. And I learned a phrase then that i still don't always apply to my life, but it's true. Nothing tastes as good as uh, feeling good does or something like that. Mm. No, nothing can taste as good to me as feeling good feels, mm. you know, well, that's a powerful motivator. Mm. Like, yes, I want this and I know it will taste good, but that's not going to taste as good as feeling good. And so if I want to feel good, if I want to have this affection and feeling and desire, then that can be shaped. Our loves and feelings can be shaped. And since they can be shaped, then we need to be conscious about shaping them. Mm. And that's what habits are. So we've talked uh, in this series, in this Abide series, you start out with hunger, mm-hmm. start out, then we went to habits. Yep. We know you love alliteration. Yes, I do. <laughs> What's next? Yeah. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about humility. Um, 
And what's interesting, and you and I talked about this a little bit, is you know, one of the key Old Testament verses when it comes to food and hunger is Deuteronomy 8.3, where it's actually what Jesus quoted when he was tempted after he was fat, after he fasted for 40 days and he was tempted in the wilderness. And the devil tempts him to turn these stones into bread. And he says, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So that text that Jesus quoted is a great text, but the broader context of that is when the nation of Israel came out of Egypt and they were supposed to be in the wilderness for 40 days. And I preached a sermon on this years ago. They were supposed to only be there for 40 days, but it turned into 40 years because they didn't learn the lesson. Mm. And that's what we're trying to say. We don't want, it's okay to have a 40 day fast or a 21 day fast. Um, but don't turn in, don't turn in your 40 day disobedience to 40 years. Mm. You know, don't multiply them. Um, as my former pastor used to say, a lot of people have had a decade delay because they didn't learn the lessons, you know, in this, in this, you can learn this lesson in 21 days. And if you don't learn it, it's going to take you 21 years, Wow, you know? So the point of God feeding them the way he did with manna, you know, there were strict rules of like, it's going to come every morning, only take what you need for that day. Don't store anything else. And it says in there in Deuteronomy 8, to humble you, to humble you. What's interesting is, you know, God made our bodies to be dependent on food. And I kind of tease this a little bit in the message. Um, But how quickly we can become so arrogant and thinking we don't need God. Again, going back to the original statement of we can go 21 days and not hunger for God and not even feel, Mm -hmm. you know, like it was a bad thing or a hard thing, like 21 days without food, detrimental, 21 days without God, you know. Mm -hmm. And God uses these seasons to humble us, to remind us we are dependent creatures. There is no self-made man or self-made woman. We are spirit-made. God is the one who makes us, which when Jesus, even when Jesus calls his first disciples, he says, come follow me and I will make you. So Jesus does the making. Um, he's the one that makes it happen, but we have to submit. And so the part of the reason that fasting is so important is it reminds us we are nothing without God. Just like we're nothing without food, we're nothing without God. So it's intended to humble us. It's intended to um, force us to remember that we're, but by the grace of God, so go I, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm dust and ashes. I'm nothing. But God, in his grace, has given me everything. And so you think about our lives and how easy it is to make plans without God, to do things without God. We just fire up in our giftedness or in our abilities or in our energy, and we just get after it, Um, Which because God made us to work. But he puts that rhythm in our lives of fasting and like he did with the nation of Israel to keep them humble because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble is what James says. So I would say if people aren't willing to engage in these spiritual disciplines, it's because they're too proud. Hmm. They don't think they need to. Um, Oh, I'm good with God. I don't need to do that. You know, um, 
and, and we laugh about this kind of stuff in church, not laugh, but it always is intriguing to me. The most people that act the most spiritual are almost always the most dysfunctional, you know, in other ways mm -hmm. they're super spiritual, but yet they're super angry. You know, <laughs> it's because they have this form of spiritual pride where they feel like they've earned something. So therefore they deserve something. Mm. Well, fasting reminds me I can't earn it and I don't deserve it. And I have to ask you for it. And so it humble. So God used that in a way to force them every day to be dependent upon him. Mm -hmm. And food does that to us. And fasting does that to us for us from a spiritual perspective. So final encouragement for those who are struggling, uh, those who uh, may be fasting for the first time, yeah. those who are fasting from something different uh, for the first time. Yeah. I would say final encouragement is um, A, really ask God for help and say, God, I want to want you more. Mm -hmm. Would you help me? And then ask him to say, and show me what I need to do. You know, really, again, I think a lot of times, like a lot of conversations I have with people this time of year are simply around what they're giving up, simply around, and people ask me this, what are you fasting from? Mm -hmm. And that's as far as the conversation goes. Right. But that's almost missing the point. You know, it's not about what I'm fasting from. It's about um, what I want from God. So a better question is not instead of what are you fasting from, what do you want from God in this 21 days? Yep. You know, and, and how are you going to do that? Um, so I think the encourage, the best encouragement I can say to people is really ask yourself, is God what you want? And then keep that in front of you the most. Yes. God, I want you more. I want you more than my necessary food. Like Jesus said, I want to do your will. Mm -hmm. That's my food. Right. I want that. And keep that before you. And then allow, just like I gave the example of the spirit and coffee, you know, from a week or so ago, that forced me to humble myself, go in a room, ask the spirit for help. And then he did. And I was able to focus and write my message and finish. Mm -hmm. And and it was, and afterwards I felt so much better than I do from just drinking coffee and studying, mm -hmm. you know, there was this satisfaction. I was like, Oh my gosh, it actually worked. Yeah. It yeah. worked. Yeah. God can do things. Yes. He can do things. And we sang about it all weekend. Yeah. About how he parted seas and how yes. he moved, uh, he moved in the deserts yeah. and he made a way in the will. He made means in the, yeah. in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, so to that, um, what would you say to somebody who says, I, I can't, I can't fast from social media. I have a business to run. I, yeah. I, I, there's certain things I can't do because of my daily life. I would say that trust God, um, that if you'll give up something that you think you can't, God will do things that you don't realize he can. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is it's like the idea of Sabbathing, you know, there's a there's an ethos in our culture that says you got to grind. You know, people talk about their hustle. I'm hustling. What's your side hustle? All this, which is fine. Um, like that's in and of itself, it's not bad to have a side hustle. 
you know, long before side hustles, I just had an extra job. Yeah, exactly. That's what we used to call it back in the day. My dad was like, I used to work three jobs when y'all were first born. Yeah. Now we call them side hustles. We got to reframe it, you know. But the whole idea, God says, actually, if you take one day off, you'll be more productive in six. And you look at Chick-fil-A. Hmm. I mean, from a business concept, when Chick- right. Chick-fil-A first came out, people told Chick-fil-A they were crazy. Um that what do you mean you're going to close your re- on Sunday? That's a busy day. You know, people are going to eat afterwards after church and all this kind of stuff. And Chick-fil-A is now like, I, it's been a while. They are one of the most profitable companies mm-hmm. that in, in, in the United States. And so, and ironically, there's a case before the Supreme court right now from a guy who works for the U S postal service. And he wanted to observe Sabbath and not having to work on Sunday and so the case is going to the Supreme Court now to see whether that's a religious liberty issue. Um, and so what I mean by that is if you have a business that runs on social media, I would say tell your customers or clients or people you influence, hey, I'm, I'm taking a break for 21 days and trust God that he will actually make you more profitable mm. at the end of it. Because if you're willing to give that up for something that you want, you want more then I think God will give you what you also want, which is a success, successful business, just like tithing, just like anything else. So I would encourage anybody who says, I can't do that. Do it and see what God can do. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Couple things. Um, if you do want information about what's going on at revolution church, obviously we have a website, download the app and make sure your notifications are turned on Yeah, because you will get things from us, just not through social media yeah. over the next 21 days. Uh, second thing, uh, if you have just started coming to revolution or you've been here since the conference center and you haven't joined the church, if you haven't taken that next step of obedience to serve, to give, yeah. go through welcome track. It's online. There's two sessions online. Yep. The next session in person where you can join the church and hear what the expectations are of a steward here at Revolution Church is February 12th. So I cannot encourage you to do That's one of the first steps that my wife and I took. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Right after uh, coming to Revolution Church is, hey, where can we serve? When can we join? Yep. Uh, the third thing is coming up on the Friday and Saturday nights of the last week of Abide. So that would be the second and third? Third and fourth. Third and fourth. Uh, we call them abide nights. Yep. Uh, the church will be open for a gathering. Both campuses coming together. There'll be worship. There'll be prayer, and two guest speakers. Yeah, we we did this before COVID, and we are bringing it back. And it's just a great time to kind of punctuate the end of the fast. So we'll have our regular Thursday night gathering, um, and then Friday and Saturday, yeah, the third and fourth, will be a time where we can gather together, sing worship God. And yeah, we have two guest speakers. One is the pastor of the church that planted us. Mm -hmm. And then one is a church planter that we as a church are helping support. So it's kind of a cool storyline. The pastor who planted us, and now we're helping continue to plant other churches. So two great friends of mine, they're going to come and speak. And it's just a great way for us to collectively call out to God together Mm -hmm. as we end the fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's extended time of worship. And then, yeah, that weekend we'll take communion together. So I want to encourage everybody to, uh, you don't have to register 
you yourself, if you have children, it'd be great if you can pre-register um, just so that we can know who's coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still come if you don't, but it would help us out a lot. And then, yeah, we're going to have Friday night. Uh, I think the Jasper team is going to be serving. And then uh, Saturday night, the Canton team will be mm-hmm. serving. So that's kind of a cool thing too, where we get to come together, both locations. Um, and, and again, just cry out to God and say, God, we need you. We want you. Um, and as a way to really kind of emphatically come together at the yeah. end and in this strongly. And then we're going to celebrate, like you said, yeah. by taking communion, by breaking the fast. Yeah. And, uh, we would also encourage you to break the fast slowly. But yes, exactly. <laughs> There's been people that have posted things afterwards, like they're like, you know, gorging themselves. Don't do that. That's physically irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And also spiritually. So yeah. slowly work your way back in. You got a week before the next for the Super Bowl. So you can kind of work your way up. But you don't have to go back to your old habits. No, no. I'm not saying just to go. But yeah, but yeah. really think about, uh, again, I would encourage people to continue fasting. Fasting. Like you may fast one day a week. Yes. You know, you may uh, fast, you know, a couple days a month or whatever. Continue that discipline in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, a habit is not once a year for three weeks. No, no, no. It's meant, to, like you said at the beginning, to be a primer. Um, and so, yeah, allow it to reorder mm-hmm. your loves, and hopefully you'll continue the disciplines of reading scriptures, journaling, praying, all that kind of stuff. Awesome, awesome. Okay, keep going. Uh, be encouraged. And if you hear, if you feel discouraged, that is not from the Lord. No. So so if you slipped and you reached for a bag of chips and you've got two Doritos in your mouth right now because it was a habit. Yeah, exactly. Do, do not be discouraged. But that person was eating Doritos and they were like, Lord, how did you know? Yeah. Are you sitting in a beanbag yeah. chair eating Cheetos? <laughs> I know my wife just laughed at that. Yeah. Uh, our producer is Chandler Elder. Did you enjoy the show today, Chandler? Always. Okay. Always a great show. Thanks. Well, I mean, what's it going to say? Yeah. No. Uh, our, our head of doctrine and theology is theologian. This is the part of the show that I really enjoy. I hope you enjoy it too. Our chief evangelist is salvation. Do you have snappy music playing while we're doing this in the actual final edit of the podcast? Um, I'm not sure what snappy means, but there is there is <laughs> there's music. Some music okay, good. maybe we should yeah. come up with a music segment, a theme, a music for this segment. Yes, we yeah. should. Uh, our backsliding prevention officer, I always laugh at this, is Luke Warm. Yeah. Uh, our translator is Lexi Khan. Our lineage specialist is Genealogy. Our director of Swedish witnessing is, of course, Bjorn again. That's uh, one of my favorites. Our overseer of Godfather ordinances, Fredo Baptism. Are we supposed to take that one out? I, I just said that was, yeah, that okay. wasn't as good. All right, well, then I'm going to take that one out. Uh, our, he's fired. Uh, <laughs> sorry, he, Fredo. He's dead to us. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He is. Fredo, I knew it was you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you uh, for the reference. Uh, our Reformed Theology Advisor is Cal Vanism. Our expert in Russian eschatology is Pitov El. Yeah. <laughs> our Director of Holiness is Mortification. Our uh, Chief of Tithing is Generosity. And our staff counselor, here's the new one. Here's the new one. Here's the new one. Is Les Moody. Our <laughs> Les <He's> Moody. The- <laughs> All right. Uh, for a transcript uh, of the show, just write down everything we say. I'm glad it's not more Moody. More Moody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that would not be a first name. Yeah. Yeah. Les. Yeah. yeah. What is Les short for? Lester. Lester. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Les, Les Moody. Yeah. 
Uh, for a transcript of the show, write down everything we say. Final word and the most encouraging thing we can say is trust God and take a nap. See you next time.